0: Hey, writers, join our first draft weekly Writers Club. We meet every Tuesday from 12 to 1 Eastern Time. For more information, go to writingclassradio.com and click on the Classes tab. One is such a lonely number when your mind is on another. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer, and this is Writing Class Radio. You'll hear true personal stories and learn a little bit about how to write your own stories. Together, we produce this podcast, which is equal parts heart and art. By heart, we mean the truth in a story. And by art, we mean the craft of writing. No matter what's going on in our lives, Writing Class is where we tell the truth. It's where we work out
1: our shit. There's no place in the world like Writing Class. And we want to bring you in. Today on our show, we share a story by Jamshid Samara, who came to the U.S. from Tehran in 1978. He lives in Norfolk, Virginia, holds a Ph.D. in mechanical engineering and mechanics, and he's a senior research engineer at NASA Langley Research Center in Hampton, Virginia.
0: Jamshid told us the primary focus of his research is on systems analysis of planetary entry concepts with special attention for Mars, Venus, and Moon applications fuck he's too smart for us
1: yeah yeah he is
0: and what's interesting about this guy is that he doesn't consider himself a writer like writer writer like he has a job i love this guy oh my god he's a rocket scientist it's like we get it it's a job but fuck it's hard to make any money as a writer so i just love that he's a rocket scientist so but what are we gonna say about a story. This episode's focus is really to showcase what we do on Writing Class Radio, which is to get to know each other through stories. And by getting to know each other through sharing stories, we understand that we're all the same. I don't care what language you speak or what color you are or how much money you have. When you share your story, people see your soul.
1: And the story we're sharing today is about how Jamshid kind of like crosses over through language.
0: So he came to the U.S. and he's trying to communicate in English. It's important to him because that's his way of achieving the same level as other people. He wants to see eye to eye with people. Stories in general erase differences. And by getting to know somebody from the inside, from what they're carrying with them, what they're going through, it gives us compassion and love for people instead of judgment.
1: And we think that's what this story we're about to bring
0: you shows. We don't want to give out any secrets about Jamshid's story. We want his story to speak for itself. Back with Jamshid after the break. I'm Allison Langer and every Tuesday from 12 to one Eastern time, I host First Draft. It's a class. Kind of, because you'll get a little bit of instruction, but mostly it's a group where you come together with other writers online, write to a prompt and share what you wrote. It's the only way to get better. Come join me. Check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com or go to patreon.com slash writingclassradio to learn more. Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one?
1: This is Andrea Askowitz, and you're listening to Writing Class Radio. Up next is Jamshid Desamere, reading his story, Learning English.
2: Persian is my mother tongue, and English is my borrowed tongue. I had taken AP-level English classes when I was in high school in Iran. Slowly, it was no longer bizarre writing from left to right with a new set of characters in an odd sentence structure puts the verb in the middle of a sentence or an adjective before a noun. What kind of people do that? I took my first English as a second language class at 19 when I moved to Washington, D.C. I told my teacher, I go to bunk. She knitted her eyebrow, waited a few seconds, then raised them. ah, we're going to a bank, not a bunk. Bunk is a place for sleeping. She said this with a tight-lipped smile and a non-strict tone. Bank is pronounced bunk in Persian. I grew up in the southern part of Tehran, a poor homogeneous neighborhood. Students in my DC class were from all over the world. It was exciting to learn where they came from. I noticed others with their native language who wrote right to left, like Arabic, Hebrew, and my Persian. We placed our books on the table, their seams on the right-hand side. With one month of ESL under my belt, I started college. Calculus and chemistry were my first classes, thankfully. These classes were taught in universal language of equations. The text portion of most math books described the steps of manipulating equations. Using the equations like a Rosetta Stone, I deciphered the text. My textbook became a primary source of my language education. As a result, my speaking tone was technical. One night on a date, I asked a server, please lower the intensity of the light. She furrowed eyebrows and said, huh? I couldn't help that. I just learned about the properties of electromagnetic waves. I went on to have two semesters of ESL with a tall giant of a woman who resembled Madame Maxine from Harry Potter. With the same grace and elegance, she had a tough job of teaching a bunch of international students English and acquainting us with American culture. Our class was akin to a kindergarten. She explained Thanksgiving, the obligatory roasted Turkey, the Indians, and the settlers. The only thing we didn't do was to dress up and have a Thanksgiving play. Be an effective ESL teacher, you must have a big heart and an enormous patience. She had plentiful helpings. Won't you be my neighbor? asked Mr Roger one morning when I switched on the TV during my first year in college. It was nineteen seventy eight. I said yes, and he and the people in his neighborhood became my best English teachers. And perhaps my best educator on American culture. It took me a year to comprehend Saturday Night Live and laugh at the jokes. My cultural education continued while I watched sitcoms like MASH, Mark and Mindy, Sanford and Son, Three's Company, Night Court, Cheers, and my all time favorite, All in the Family with Archie Bunker. Who knew Archie Bunker would become a US president one day? Being a couch potato my listening comprehension, and eventually my sense of humor, which has settled somewhere between Mel Brooks and Mighty Python. One of my first movies I watched with my girlfriend Diane was The History of World Part 1 by Mel Brooks. While watching, Diane stared at my uncontrollable laughter. In a scene, Mel Brooks dressed as Moses and was carrying three tablets of commandments. He said, The Lord Jehovah has given unto you these fifteen then one, of, one tablet fell and shattered. Mel said, 10, 10 commandments for all to obey. All pay heed. The Lord, the Lord Jehovah has given
1: unto you these 15. Hey. 10, 10 commandments for all to obey.
2: How could you find this funny? Dan said, she married me despite my strength and sense of humor after four decades, I still struggle with some aspect of the language. It still feels illogical using pearls for scissors, pants, and glasses. Why, why is there a cane note? The third person in Persian is gender neutral. Sometimes I say he instead of she, and that gets confusing when I talk about my late wife. I've written over 100 technical articles during my career at NASA. Reading reading them is a proven cure for chronic insomnia. In my writings I say leave a B here and A there. My kryptonite is a spelling. Mastering accent is another challenge, especially after puberty, when your new transmitter receptor are set. When people notice my accent, they stare at my left. I want to tell them, buddy, my eyes are up here. My struggles especially with word beginning with W. When I'm tired, I say glass of wine. Saying words beginning with TH has given me so much grief. When I was in college, technical writing was a required class for all engineering students. My technical English teacher, Dr. Kuhn, was in his mid-30s with snow-white hair and a kind oval face hidden behind a pair of wireframe glasses. My final oral presentation was an engine throttle. I pronounced throttle, turtle. Dr. Kuhn had read my paper and watched my presentation with a wide smile. Even though the rest of the class, which had no visual aids, listened in apparent horror as I suggested pouring a special blend of gasoline down the turtle's throat. I wish I could travel back in time and comfort the embarrassed 20-year-old standing in front of a confused class as he plotted a graceful exit. Like a fast river, the process of thought to speech runs through our brain in half a second. If it is in your mother tongue, otherwise it runs the pace of a meandering creek. The additional translation before enunciation is like watering your lawn through a straw. For the first few years, I would form thoughts in Persian, translate them into English, and then enunciate them. I gradually learned to form thoughts completely in English. Now, in my dreams, I speak Persian to my dad, then English to my children. So, so many of the world's conflicts are due to cultural differences, and one needs language to decode culture. Nelson Mandela said, If you talk to a man in a language he understands, that goes to his head. If you talk to him in his language, that goes to his heart. Deep down, I know Persian and American are the same. I'm Persian by birth and American by choice. I love both cultures and move between them like a chameleon, my demeanor and language changing like clothing but my core stays intact. English has helped me understand and appreciate the culture and values of my adopted tribe. It has given me the precious gift of cultural duality and allows me to see through two different colored lenses like looking through 3D glasses. The world is no longer flat. People are all the same, even those who put their verbs in the middle of a sentence and those who write from right to left. I know because I have loved and lived among both peoples and talked to them in their native tongues.
1: So um, I remembered what I wanted to say about this story. (laughs) Let's hear. One thing is how much should an editor influence the voice of a narrator? So there was one place where, um, I think there's two places where I had suggestions that um, Jan Schmid rejected. One of them was, and I, and I want to ask you, Allison, what you think, like, should he have taken my suggestions or not? So he said, I wish I could travel back in time and comfort the embarrassed 20-year-old standing in front of a confused class as he plotted a graceful exit. So this was right after the scene where he's talking about the turtle throat. <laughs> I mean, it's so funny. So I felt like Jamshmeed showed his sense of humor, but there were opportunities where he could have been funny again. And I wanted him to say, I wish I could travel back in time and comfort the embarrassed 20-year-old standing in front of a confused class as she plotted a graceful exit. I mean, he, like something like that. Because Jamshmeed told us earlier that pronouns were really difficult. So there would have just been an opportunity to throw in a mess up. So I agree with him because I feel like that's very you to do
0: that. Why? To be funny? No, to be writerly. That's so writerly. Like if you were saying it on stand-up, like out loud, yes, you could get away with it. But because on the page, you're always going to review and edit, he would have caught that. So I think that sounds completely over edited. Personally, I like what he did here because that it, turtle, throttle, whatever was funny enough. But then there was an opportunity for him to be funny again with the pronoun thing. No, nah, I don't think so. I, here, this is a serious moment. This is a moment where he's saying, I wish I could have gone back in time. He's like creating a mood of funny, then serious, funny that mm. he's a, he's an engineer. He's not a comedian. Oh, he's funny though. But he's funny because he says his Monty Python and, and all that kind of stuff. And he got his humor from that. But I, I just thought in that moment, I kind of liked what he did.
1: I, I'm glad he didn't listen to you. And there was another place where he didn't listen to me and um, it was when he was talking about raising the, I think it's funny, but I think it could have been funnier where he wants them to turn down the light. That's up here. That's up here. Please lower the intensity of the light. So I wanted him to say, I wanted him to say like, please lower the intensity of the electromagnetic waves that are pouring out into my eyes or something more like i thought it could have been even more ridiculous yeah.
0: yeah i get that that could have been funny i could have handled that but even please lower the intensity of the light is is funny because who says that like people would say hey can you dim the lights yeah right but what i loved is you can tell how smart he is without being a dick like we don't like we don't want him to like use his NASA lingo in a way that tries to belittle other people. So I felt like this was a nice. He didn't do that at
1: all. No, not at all. He made fun of himself forever using lingo. Yeah. That was that moment. Like no one speaks like that. He knows that. Yeah. But he knows it now. Didn't you love hearing about all the sitcoms of that era? I just loved
0: it. I was back in my couch watching our one channel of Archie Bunker or, all those shows he mentioned. I just thought those were so good. So why? Why did you love that part? It grounds us in time and it tells us like where he was. So I feel like we're all there together. Like I'm in my house watching Archie and he's in his house watching Archie.
1: And I just thought that was really cool. But I actually think there's something especially pleasing about it because the examples he used are your examples too. And I think there's something about that that really is appealing. Like, I remember when I used to edit stories for the show I did lip service where people would tell stories out loud. And I felt like whenever anyone would just like reference something that I knew, like, you know, I don't know, just like McDonald's apple pie. (laughs) I I recognize McDonald's apple pies, you know, whatever. I don't know why I just said that, but. Yeah. It hits us. Yeah. It makes us feel like, okay, we're on track. We get this person. They, but I do think that even if we don't get the examples because they're not ours, like, I mean, I totally grew up watching MASH and Mark and Mindy. Yeah. But even if we didn't, they're still excellent because they're so specific and it does ground us in time. What did you think about Late Wife when
0: she he inserted
1: Late Wife? Were you curious? Did it feel like a bomb? Like, wait, wait, what happened to your wife? Well, that was another interesting moment where Jamshed did his own thing and didn't listen to his editor. And- I understood it because yes, it did hit me. It did hit me. And I don't know if it hit the, hit the readers because right. Like we didn't know that she had died. And so that's big, but I think he really wanted to be true in that moment. I thought he could use that moment to show where he messed up with pronouns again. And I asked him to put in a line there about messing up with pronouns, like talking about his wife to his boss, calling the wife him by accident. And I don't think he liked that as a joke at all. And I think he just wanted to be really true. And I respect that. Yeah. Because I guess because I didn't think my idea was that funny anyway. And the truth is, it's his late wife. That's an interesting question. Is it too much? Well, he could have shared an example with his
0: boss about her. You know, like we could get the late wife part when I told my boss, my wife, passed or I don't know, something. I mean, if there was a moment where he did consider his boss and he had a conversation about his wife passing, I mean, that's a whole nother story for sure. But there is a way to either insert one line about that situation that softens the blow. No, that it not softens the blow, but like sort of informs the reader or listener about what happened without them wanting more. And our whole messy, yucky situation slash life period can be summarized in a sentence or two, which is the saddest thing, but it's, it happens. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, like when I talk about losing my daughter, when my daughter was 16 months old, I lost, she died of a congenital heart defect. That one sentence then explains to the reader, it doesn't all have to be about my, my daughter who passed that satisfies the reader and then they can move on. So there has to be something satisfying here. And in this particular story, I would have liked that one line that just explained what happened.
1: I mean, I was surprised at this version to even hear the line about my late wife. So he added that on his own. And so in a previous version of this story, he just gave an example of using, sometimes I say he instead of she, and that gets confusing when I'm talking to my boss about my wife. That's the way it was before. And now he said about my late wife because he just wanted to be honest but I get what you're saying I don't think he needed more about how she died or anything else about her dying this moment is about pronoun confusion and he just wanted to be really honest about his wife I just think it's important to be conscious of one little
0: word and what that does to a reader so that's what it did for me Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean I didn't like the story or stopped reading or was frustrated it just kind of left me like wait what and I wanted to know more. So yeah. it's really the, you know, the call of the, the writer and the narrator. And, you know,
1: it's fine. You know what he could have done? What he probably should have done in that case. The third person in Persian is gender neutral. Sometimes they say he instead of she. And that gets confusing. And give us a different example. We don't need to know in this story that his wife died. Yeah, it's too That's much. True. That's what he think he could have done. Can we address the? He said something about people
0: stare at his lips when he's talking, when they realize he has an accent. I didn't realize it. Do people,
1: do we do that? We probably do.
0: Because we're why? What is it? We're trying to figure something out by looking at their, like hear them better. Like we focused, yes. but for him, it seemed to be a, a little bit annoying. He said, buddy, my eyes are up here. Yeah. I don't know why that bothered him. Yeah. I was wondering. And now I'm going to be conscious of like when somebody's talking to look them in the eyes instead of their
1: mouth. I mean, it's bad if you're looking at someone in the boobs, for instance, but why is it that bad if you're looking at them in the mouth? Not sure. Right. Maybe they have something
0: in their teeth and it makes them, I don't know. Like sometimes when people are staring at your teeth, it's like, is something wrong? But I get it. I don't know. He just wants to be equal. That's what I got. He wants people to talk to him eye to eye.
1: Exactly. That's what I thought too. Yeah. He wanted to be seen eye to eye because, and that's the whole point that he's making in this story, that we're all the same. And I think that's such a beautiful message. And I loved how he got to that. He started with, so if we're going to talk about what is this story about? He starts at the beginning with, um, who puts verbs in the middle of a sentence? What kind of people do that? (laughs) And Mm -hmm. then he gets to the end and like, even people who do that, even people who put verbs uh, in the middle of a sentence, those weirdos who speak English, they are the same as Persians. I think it's a really lovely message. That's what we're all about. I know.
0: Sharing stories and getting getting on the same plane, Mm -hmm. equal. We're all equal. Yeah. I loved, okay, this is the last thing I'll say. I love Nelson Mandela's quote. If you talk to a man in his language, in a language he understands, that goes to his head. If you talk to him in his language, that goes to his heart. And it is so true. I always tell my kids, you better start learning Spanish better because you want to have conversations. What if you're dating somebody who speaks only Spanish? You want to be able to
1: communicate with somebody in their language. You have uh, experience with that. That's why I've been trying for um, 50 years to really, really understand and learn Spanish and it's it's kind of like i i really do think that it's i mean vicky is perfect at english and in the last 15 years since we've been together she's gotten amazing at english and she used to i mean better and better and better i've heard that it takes 7 years to be fully immersed to learn a language and so i have just not given myself those 7 years but i want to so badly so that i can speak to vicky's heart i mean yeah. i just feel like i'm up that's beautiful thanks but that's why i try so hard with spanish that's what, I'm, yeah. that's what i'm trying to do i agree with that um that quote we'll start with looking her in the eyes and not the boobs
0: <laughs> you are funny <laughs> oh brother <sighs> thank you for listening and thank you gem for sharing your story Writing Class Radio is produced by me, Allison Langer, Andrea Asquitz, and by Matt Kundal, Evan Serminski, and Courtney Fox at the Sound Off Media Company. Theme music by Amadians. There's more writing class on our website, writingclassradio.com, including essays to study, editing resources, video classes, writing retreats, and live online classes. Join our writing community by following us on Patreon. For $10 a month, Andrea will answer all your publishing questions. For $25 a month, you can join our first draft weekly writers group. You have the option to join Tuesdays, 12 to 1 Eastern time or Wednesdays, 6 to 7 PM Eastern time. Write to a prompt and share what you wrote. All levels are welcome. If you're looking to take your writing to the next level for $125 a month, you get first draft and second draft. Each week, three people bring in a second draft for feedback and brainstorming. Join the community that comes together for instruction, an excuse to write, and most importantly, the support from other writers. To learn more, go to patreon.com slash writingclassradio. A new episode will drop every other Wednesday, so look for us. Did you tell everybody that we have swag? Oh my god, we have swag, we have swag. Check out our swag page at writingclassradio.com slash swag. T-shirts, mugs, journals, sweatshirts,
1: hats. There's no better way to understand ourselves and each other than by writing and sharing our stories. Everyone has a story. What's yours?
0: Produced and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at ivisonvoice.com slash podcast.